0: Ask the GMs, Episode 31. The Fury of Dracula. Good evening. This is Zach for Ask the GMs, a podcast where we talk about board games and RPGs. Passing it over to RC. Welcome
1: back, everybody. Let's uh let's get into the Dracula. Damn it, Dracula. Passing it on to Sean. Oh yes.
2: Break out your bangs, sharpen your nails, it. Fury of Dracula time, passing it on to
3: Pat. Hey everybody, this is Pat. I'm glad uh, everybody is listening in this evening with us. It is good to be back after a hiatus, uh, especially for podcast. I find it fun talking with the fellas. Um, I would like to give a shout out to Kate Fair Games as always. Thank you for being the home away from home for which we can meet up with one another, play our games. Uh, use y'all services and the the well um how do you say cultivated inventory i don't know i'm rambling anyways um thank y'all for joining us this evening zach would you like to take us into the history of the game
0: yes i will so fury of dracula is a game by games workshop originally used to be one of their early games came with a puzzle board Uh, It was put on the market because at the time there were almost no horror board games. I believe Arkham Horror was still in its design phase. And uh, it was designed as the follow-up to the novel. It was supposed to be a direct sequel, so you'd see similar characters, in fact, exact characters such as Mina Harker, Dr. Seward Van Helsing, versus Dracula and his return. This is like the follow-up. This is Dracula 2. He's back for revenge how does everyone kind of feel about like that as a, as a concept for a board game?
3: I think it works. Well, I'm not, uh, I'm not too up to date on the lore as, uh, maybe some other people. I'm, I'm not sure exactly who Mina Harker is. Well, beyond the game, I, I believe it was a uh, love interest of Dracula's. Um, so not having much knowledge of the lore, um, is not necessary to play slash enjoy this game. And, uh, maybe it'll just, um, your interest to actually learn more about the story.
0: Yeah, so most of the major novel characters do appear in the board game. Jonathan Harker, which is the, your initial lead, uh, was basically the lawyer, the solicitor, that goes to Dracula's castle, and Dracula basically gets him to forge some documents, and Dracula basically leaves Transylvania to go to Europe, and basically like, oh man, Jonathan's wife's pretty hot, or technically fiance's pretty hot, and kills her her girlfriend, and then Mina gets bitten. That's what she's in the game with a bite on her neck. Lord Galdomain and Dr. Seward were basically Mina's best friend's suitors. Lucy who dies because she gets bit by a vampire. And Van Helsing was the crazy German who knew about vampirism and how to stop it. That's the like 30-second version of the novel.
3: Yep. And um, another cool thing about this game is... um I like the asymmetrical characters play style. Everybody has a job to do, and a different different thing they bring to the team. And um, it is co-op, but also against the the villain. How how do
0: you say the game style is there, Zach? So it's a one versus all, which is not a not a rare type of board game, but they only come up every every so often. Another game in that similar style is Middle Earth Quest. Uh, There's several more than just that. Just Fury Dracula is personally my favorite of the bunch.
3: Yeah, I don't think it's a super common kind of recipe.
0: Yeah, you usually find more RPG-like board games like that, where basically it's the Dungeon Master-esque character versus the rest of the players. And it's not always like a competitive nature, though it can be, depending on the game. Yeah.
2: Betrayal on House on the Hill.
0: Is uh, it is because often it's one versus all, like halfway through the game, but some of those haunts can make multiple uh, traitors or whatever.
2: Oh, yeah. And there are even ones where there are no traitors, but it's every person for
0: themselves,
2: like the uh, one where you get lifted off by the giant bird, Yeah. you're all making a run for parachutes. I I can't remember
1: if the slime is like that too, where it fills the whole house.
2: Yeah, that's kind of all for
3: yourself there.
2: And those are more like open competition versions. And then there's also even a few of the haunts that cause it to be the, um, there is no betrayal. It's just, there's Something going on, you have to get so many omens and things like that. So it's not totally like Fury, but it's a similar premise in many of the
0: haunts. Yeah, moving on to the the history of the game in terms of following up on it. Uh, There have been four editions. Uh, The third and fourth are almost the same, but I'll tackle them at once. The first edition was like, you know, the first concept. Uh, The board was very unique. It had a puzzle board where you put the puzzle together and it would make the board. Uh, the gameplay, compared to later editions edition, is pretty basic. There were only four total players, three Hunters and one Dracula. Mina wasn't added until the second edition. I've heard in theory that the first edition had like a, a mini-expansion, but it was hard to get. And then the rest of the gameplay is kind of the same. Basically, Dracula has hidden movement. He's trying to hide across Europe and either hide vampires or escape the clutches of the hunters as they're trying to hunt him down and kill him. And then they, the hunters get to move, gather items, and plan, and Dracula has to either be wily or bounce around. Uh, the second edition added to the fact that there's a Dracula deck of cards reflecting each location. So the Dracula player can't like lie or cheat. He has only one card for every location in the game. The third edition just made the game a little more streamlined, a guaranteed ending. Once you get into the third week, so after the 21st turn, Dracula just slowly racks up points and wins the game. Uh, the difference between the third and the fourth edition is the cards are bigger, and the models are like like a millimeter bigger. The only reason why there is even like a fourth edition is uh, Fantasy Flight Games did make Fury Dracula* third edition, and then Gamesworks dropped the license with them. And then WizKids made the fourth edition. And there's a whole big hullabaloo, like, why that happened. It was pretty much X-Wing was making more money than Warhammer. And Games Workshop's like, what the hell, guys? Like, we licensed through you, and now you're making a game that sells more than our main game, 40K. And Fantasy Flight was like, deal with it. So
3: I'd like to speak on something there, Zach. I'd like to talk about the difficult difficulty level for this and kind of like the viewpoint of somebody just getting into this game real quick go for it um so as far as difficulty levels as far as actions in the game is very simple it's um if my memory serves correct is you do like either one or two actions a turn yeah, and, and you know it's
0: like go ahead the hunters all get a day action in turn order, the turn order doesn't matter. And then they all get a night action, and then Dracula gets to move basically a space and put a card down.
3: Yeah, so um, it is very simple as far as the actions and just moving pieces on the board. Where it gets to be more complex is the depth of your choices of your actions, because this is one where you very, very much need to work together with your group. And it definitely helps to have somebody that's knowledgeable of the game because whenever I first um, attempt any board game, I just assume I'm going to lose right out the gate. And this one, this one does have a difficulty level to to it. Um, I don't know if that depends on how um, how abled your Dracula is. I I don't know if I've gone into a game with an incompetent Dracula, so I can't speak as to that. But it's uh, it's definitely not a run-of-the-mill, easy game. I'd say it's probably on par with difficulty level of uh, um, Shadows over Camelot. Like, you know, every every win is going to be squeaked out. It's not going to be given. You got to work for it.
0: So to be fair, when I play, I play with Dracula's full rule set because I played the game a lot. So I am giving you guys the full challenge every time. There are rules where you can, like, take some cards out, like, power-wise. And there's even, like, a first game mode where, like, Dracula gets, like, no powers and all the hunters have a set location. I don't play it like that because I like the variety of, like, the hunters can start everywhere. It's one of my secret, like, favorite things of the game. Like, there's no game that's going to be exactly the same at the start. But you can kind of lessen the difficulty. I also like it just as, like, no, I'm going to throw a challenge at my players.
2: Well, I mean, in as we saw, like um, in the last game we played together, Zach, where the uh, players right off the bat, one of the players got a card and picked your location. So within the first round, we knew where you were.
0: I think I think it was the very first turn.
2: Yeah, it was. it was. he drew his card and said, "Oh, I get to choose two locations," and boom,
0: Genoa. yep it was an event card I believe it's newspaper reports you pick two cities and Dracula has to show if he's there has been there
2: yep and that was pretty wild because I had I played it you know this game a few times and I've never seen that happen so I mean like you said it does by having that liberty of starting anywhere and everything like that and with the full onset you do also get that stance to right out the gate, you know, have the hunt beyond that kind of thing. And I'll say just from the experience of the games that that I've played so
1: far, a lot of the times we end up chasing Dracula around as a big net, trying to corner him into one section of the map. And that's usually how we end up finding him. I've I've never seen it happen where you uh, find him in the first turn. But I've definitely heard stories about Dracula following characters around through Europe. Yeah, you don't you don't have to hem him
3: in and sniff out his trail.
0: And that's also part of the difficulty of, like, yeah, you can find him and, like, run into Dracula on in turn one. You don't want to because likely you don't have a single weapon, so he's going to kick the crap out of you.
2: Exactly. As one of our players found out much to their dismay. Hey. It's, the, also- it's,
0: it's the running joke. Hey, guys, I found Dracula at night.
2: Crap! Yep. Bam! And and also, you don't go hunting Dracula with, like, okay, I've got a pistol. I'm gonna go get him. Dude. (laughs) You need more than that!
0: Yeah, you need to go out of, like, Ash Williams. Here's my gun, and my other gun, and my chainsaw fist.
2: Kind of like, um the road warrior in Thunderdome when he's coming into the city and they're like all your weapons and he's you know pulling out knives, guns, grenades pistols <laughs> out of every pocket and you know corner of his coat and boots and there's just a stack of weapons in front of him
3: <laughs> So so Zach for those, those people that haven't played before um, I know it's seems kind of obvious like logistically hey don't run into a vampire at night, but what does that mean in game terms? Like, what what, do, what boons does he get at night versus the day?
0: So, Dracula and any vampires you guys find have a fight deck. Basically, the starter of combat, I get a shuffle and draw five cards. Combat kind of has like a rock, paper, scissors nature to it of, of both sides will play a card face down, meaning the player and the Dracula player. And once the cards are flipped face up, if the hunter card, the hero card, has a symbol and it matches the Dracula's symbol on his card, the vampire card's canceled. At night, all the vampire cards get like a bonus ability. So like an example would be Claws. It says normally do, do two damage, but at night do like two damage and then do another two damage. So four. And most players in the game have less than 10
2: HP. Except for Dracula, I think Golding has like eleven.
0: Yeah, he has eleven.
2: Yeah, everybody else is pretty much what you would expect from characters of their age and time period.
0: Victorian European, yeah. A little bit less because yeah. he's an old man. Yeah, like in terms of like actual age, like Van Van Helsing is like ninety-seven. Jesus, he's ancient.
2: Because I think he was in his late 80s, early 90s at the onset of the novel.
0: Yeah, and this is the follow-up too, so this is years later.
2: Interesting little historical fact to throw in there. Um, the I bl- the library in Ireland that um, Stoker used to research the story for Dracula, um, they actually have all the actual books that he used to research. They were doing an inventory of antique books, and they found all the cards inside the books that he had checked out you know, to and cite to his research material. so so That's when you pretty go cool. to that that library, you can actually go take a look at, and they even have, I think you can make white glove appointments where you're you go in, they give you the white cloth gloves to turn the pages with and stuff and actually look through the book that he actually was looking at when he wrote it.
0: Like Carmilla and a couple other ones, yeah.
2: And like one of them was like the history and folklore of Transylvania, uh, the history and folklore of gypsies and such, even though I know that's a term that we don't use these days here.
3: But at that time, that was the title. So, Zach, you talked about how Dracula's running around all of Europe and how we kind of have to make that net to uh, capture his ass with hopes of uh, defeating him. But um, what are some of the items we can get? And, um, you know... You, you said stock up with some tools before you go fight them, which would make more sense. Like, uh, so, so, so how does that all work?
0: So across Europe, there are small cities and large cities. Why these matter is in large cities, you can get supplies, you can get your items. These either range from combat weapons such as, you know, a knife, a gun, a rifle, garlic, crucifix, holy symbols. Or useful items, like a fast horse to ride between cities, a dog to protect you from wolves and bats. So the hunters want to regularly draw cards. The problem is when you get supplies, if all but one of the characters only gets one card, and then most players can only hold three of the cards, so you have to be very choosy in what you pick. So often it's finding times to get the equipment, and that becomes the rub. In the game, the hunters can only move during daylight. They can either choose to move by sea, but trade off moving at night. But you get to move the most distance. You can move by train, but you have to have a train ticket and still move pretty far. Or you can simply walk between cities, which is the slowest, but it's also at the speed at which Dracula travels. So um, if you I, get, I was
3: going to say I know this is out there, but uh, you mentioned a dog. Can you, as Dracula, kill my dog?
0: No, I cannot kill the dog. Oh,
3: my God. All right. I was about to go John Wick.
0: <coughs> so the players have to make an interesting choice. Do we draw stuff during the day, but Dracula might be getting away from you, or you do it at night, and the problem when you do it at night is there's an event deck, and the event deck at night is drawn from the bottom, and all the Dracula cards go to Dracula. So it, it makes a lot of give and take in the game.
2: And the thing, uh, thing too, is with the event cards is you do want to draw them because some of the events really can throw the way a fight with Dracula is going to go or the hunt for Dracula, how it's going to go. Because like we talked about, you know, the newspaper reports or the extra action where you can move at night, you know, or something like that, you know, can make a big difference in everybody's plans and such like that, and also in Dracula uh, too, if he's caught off guard right, because suddenly we get, you know, move at night and can move again into his area faster and closing the net, it puts the pressure on him as well.
0: Yeah, that's the really interesting thing about the event deck is it's two-thirds Hunter cards and one-third Dracula cards, so you always have a gamble.
1: And Don't you only lose Hunter cards?
0: Oh, you're good. I was going to say it reminds me a lot of the
3: um, uh, the bad deck in uh, Shadows Over Camelot.
1: I was going to say, don't you only lose hunter cards? Like, I think there's only one card in the entire deck that reshuffles all of the hunter cards back in.
0: Uh, so the deck will eventually reshuffle itself if it gets completely used. There's a Dracula event that only shuffles the Dracula ones back in, though.
2: Yeah. And there, I, is
0: I a, there is
2: a few that you can go back and um, reclaim an item out of the discard for the hunters, I think.
0: And and there's Van Helsing's like named big card where he gets to look at the bottom eight cards and remove the Draculas,
2: right? And um, I think there's one that reshuffles. I think r. c is right. I think there is one that reshuffles the um discard deck back in, but I'm not sure on the event or might be the item card. you know
0: there's also one that gets an ally out of the discard pile too, yep, which is really
1: powerful. I think it it I think that you had something when we played our game that ended up causing us to lose that guy after we got him but it, it probably would have won this the game to have that character hanging around for a little bit longer.
0: Yeah, some of the more powerful events in the game is both sides have allies, and both of them are nasty. Like Dracula's nasty one is there's a giant wolf, and basically he just gets to do a damage to a character every turn. Versus the, the heroes can play uh, Sister Agatha, which is a nun, and basically it severely limits what Dracula can do in combat, otherwise he just starts taking free damage.
1: Yep. I think that's the one that did us in. Is we had Sister Agatha and you got rid of her somehow. Because he started chasing me around while I was Van Helsing and started kicking my old ass.
0: Yeah, devilish power. It's the, the opposite. Like, you guys have good luck. Devilish power is like, get rid of an ally, do this or do this. And good luck is like the opposite. Like, get rid of Dracula's ally, do this or do this.
3: Dracula sports you in the retirement home, RC it had to limit your time
2: also things like <laughs> consecrated ground and stuff. So if you can get those while everybody has like all the items
0: the heavenly you know, house to
2: be cards. Able, yeah uh, that can be a big wallop also because suddenly you can have like you know four four or five different areas that are cut off to dracula so and he can only travel on foot or by sea, so you can kind of really tighten the net if you play that card well.
0: Okay, we've kind of talked talk about the items and events. Let's talk about the the heroes that we get to play as. All right. Um, how about we all
3: introduce one and talk about them? Do you want me to start there, Zach? Yeah, start with Lord, Lord Goldamain. All right. Lord Goldamain. Um, so his his stick is he is wealthy and privileged, go figure. Um, what his wealth ability does is uh, whenever you supply in a city, you'll draw two item cards instead of one. So he is able to buy a lot of shit. Makes sense. the uh, The other part about him is he has privilege. <laughs> I'm I'm trying not to think of jokes here, guys. Um, when you reserve a ticket gain two tickets instead of one and then uh the final thing about lord goldamine is he has the most health at 11. so um i know whenever i play i like to play lord goldamine or dr john seward um rc would you like to tell us about van Helsing?
1: oh sure because i'll skip skip over to the favorite old man so he has the leader ability whenever you trade um, you can choose to trade event cards with another hunter. Now, to trade, you do have to be normally be in the same space as another person. But Van Helsing can do it from any space. Specifically um,
0: the event card portion,
1: though. Yeah, the event card portion. Um, he also has strong will, so he can take another bite from Dracula. But at 8 HP, if Dracula's already bitten you twice, you're probably done so anyways um sean pick pick from the other two
2: well, there's biggest thing is his ability to carry you know in the sense of he can have i believe it's four item cards and four event cards. That's correct, which in a game where you have to make um limited choices from limited inventory space. That extra inventory space on both events and items is a huge benefit. It, so I mean, he is quite powerful in that respect. Also, I believe he has the um, what is it? The recordings because he's supposedly technically technology savvy compared to the other characters. And I forget exactly what the recordings did, but it, it It's pretty powerful
0: now, e- each character does have a named event. They're all very powerful. Like I believe like Lord Goldamain's like can prevent a lot of damage. Uh, Mina gets like a free like way to like look across Europe for Dracula. Like it's not it's nothing to snap to, to, to like scoff at. It's also why Van Helsing's ability to trade events is a big deal. Dr. Seward's additional power is he gets to anyone that rests in his his space, including himself, gets to heal an additional HP because he's a doctor. RC, would you like to describe what Mina Harker does?
1: Sure. So Mina has a psychic bond. Um, So if you're the active and you're in the same city as another character, which you'll notice a lot of these characters, they have abilities that work well when they're together, which is kind of important. But whenever she's in another city with another hunter, you can force Dracula to tell you if he's in your region. So the map itself is separated up into a number of regions in Europe. Um, mostly they're countries, but a few of them are larger areas.
0: Yeah, Spain, Germany, France, Italy, uh, yeah, the, the, eastern, the eastern bloc, France, not France, uh, England. And
1: Then she has Drained, which is the one downside to the fact that she can always just force Dracula to ask if you're in the same area as her. Um, She is required to play with one card revealed, one event and one item revealed to Dracula at all times.
0: So pretty much the first she draws.
1: And uh, that's something to keep in mind when you're playing this game: is that it does want you to build a net to try to find Dracula. But a lot of the characters rely on each other being close enough that they can hang out together. So uh, risk reward as far as how much you're willing to spread the net in order to keep Dracula in one place, or and then benefit from your own abilities
0: to help each other. Yeah, because it's like the arguments: like we can be two cities away. Well, I'm three cities away. It's like maybe not three away.
2: And that's also, though, playing into kind of one of the themes in the novel itself is that individually, no one was really a match for Dracula. It was only through the efforts of the group, you know, that they, they were able to really defeat him.
0: And that makes sense in combat, too. Like, one-on-one, Dracula versus a hunter. like. It's usually in Dracula's favor unless the hunter has, like, really well equipped. If it's Dracula versus two hunters or versus all four, he's screwed. Yeah. They literally just, like, surround him with baseball bats and kick the crap out of him. Which is, I think, the the
3: reason it's hard to find that uh, balance while you're hunting him. Because, as Arcee said earlier, you want to go wide to spread that net to capture him. But then you also want to be stacked on top of each other, so when it comes to a fight, you got buddies. So it's a delicate balance between those.
2: Well, you also want to be spread out in the beginning. But once you kind of get a couple of clues as to where he is, and you can start trying to recognize the pattern of movement and such, and where you can start triangulating in the sense of, like, okay, so if he was here and he had two moves, he could be here, 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 and then you start moving in closer to everybody. But the initial few rounds, you want everybody pretty well spread out.
0: Yep, and then in terms of the Dracula player, uh, you get 15 HP, so you have more HP than everyone else. Uh, you can only move by road. You're too proud to move by train. You can also move by sea, but it takes you take two damage for starting it. And then every other turn you take a damage, so you don't want to be in the ocean for very long. And you have a couple additional powers that are cards you can play. And while they're powerful, you can only play them like once every six turns. So they're cool, but they're not coming back to you instantly.
3: I, I remember one tricky one. Uh, I think it was Wolf Form, where you could like essentially chop
0: over the party.
3: And I know that's... Uh, that kind of threw us for a loop a few times.
0: Yeah, Wolf Form's very powerful, Dracula.
1: Sorry, I just wanted to talk about the, the dumb thing that you could do with Wolf Form, because we found out from Zach the hard way is that you can use it to jump over oceans too.
0: What? So you don't use it you don't use it to jump over oceans. You can be in the ocean as Dracula and go to port and jump the port into like a further city in. So yeah, to, to use Wolf Form, you use you take a single damage as Dracula, and then you can move up to two cities away. What makes this like like mind-bending for the, the players is it's up to, And you can hop a city. So if Pat's in front of me, I can literally leapfrog over him and go to a city behind him. What makes it complicated is there's another power that Dracula has that's called hide that looks like a normal location. So you can wolf form and go nowhere. And for the players, they have to be like, "Well, he's up to two places away, or he hid," and it throws off the math like brutally.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does. <laughs> I got a question for you. Um, you know, I haven't played Dracula before. Maybe one day, but um, as as having played probably Dracula the most the amongst this group. Um, what are kind of some Dracula tactics that you like? because for a long time, I was thinking like, what if you just went in real early and just murdered the hell out of a hunter before they're even equipped? Like, is that a potential tactic, or uh, what what's some different things you?
0: Yeah, that's not a bad tactic bad tactic. You want to make sure they're not close to anyone and you just corner them and kick the crap out of them. The problem, like, you have to risk it, because, like, by doing so, like, everyone's going to swarm in that area afterwards, so you have to, like, have, like, an escape plan, too.
3: Yeah, because the Dracula that runs all the time does not seem like the most fun Dracula against. <laughs> like, oh, it's hide-and-go-seek the game.
0: Yeah, I, I like hiding a little bit, but I do like to get into combat if I can. Uh, one tactic which is amazing, because no one ever looks behind them, is you just follow a hunter, because they never turn around. Oh, I'm in the city. Well Dracula's never been there. Okay, well I'm moving on to the next city. It's like, okay, Dracula, like I'm going to that city right now. Thanks for confirming I've never been there. Also, I would
2: say one of your tactics too is to look and see who is feeling really self-confident. And and kind of teach
0: them a lesson about and some of it's also goading, just like, you know, draw an event, how bad can it be? It can't be a Dracula event, like it's two thirds hunter events. Oops, it's a Dracula card. Thanks, guys. Yep.
2: I think it was uh, Lindsay that was like every time she drew from the bottom it was Dracula.
0: And she was playing Mina and she just like I just want a fucking event. I just want one.
2: He had one that was revealed to you. He's like, I need another event.
0: <laughs> it doesn't even have to be great just like you know something so what are everyone's like overall opinions of Fury of Dracula
2: I enjoy it's a the the game it's definitely one of those games in my opinion that if you were like uh, we can't do like a regular RPG how about Fury of Dracula and I'd be like hell yeah down for that
3: For me, it's definitely one of the ones where I play it after, like, a long time of not having played it, and, of course, I forget everything, and then, you know, maybe two or three rounds in, it all comes back to me. But uh, every time I play it, I want to play it again shortly afterwards, because it's like, okay, okay, I got my head wrapped around it, I'm developing some tactics here towards the end, after I've got my ass chewed up by Dracula, like, once or twice, and... uh, you know, I'm all, I'm always ready to get a second game in. Yeah, it's definitely one of those games to look for at the table, just
1: because if it is there and we have the people to do it, the full five, and everybody's willing to commit to the time involved in it, it's definitely worth checking out if you get the chance.
0: Also, thank you for bringing that up, RC. That is one negative of the game. It, it, you always play with the four hunters, so if you have less than five players, some players playing double dirty with double duty with characters. And while not difficult, like part of the advantage the hunters have is the hive mind, like multiple ideas from different people.
2: Yeah, that was one that in the last game that I played with you was having to play two characters myself was kind of because the other players had never played before, or that was a little bit on the difficult side because not only do I have to be the only one that's played before, but I'm also trying to track two characters.
3: And and help drive the rest of your team. You
0: you had to be y'all's team's Van Helsing, Sean.
2: Oh, I was Van Helsing and Stewart.
0: Yeah, and then as the Dracula player, just, like, you have to be patient and plan, like, way ahead. And you have to be, like, willing to accept, like, whatever you do is going to fall apart. So pretty much you have to be a game master. Like, it's like, oh yeah, it's like just simulating like planning the game. Yep. Whatever I plan, the players will do the most
2: screwed-up version of it. What's that meme of, you know, every party begins as with a picture of the Fellowship of the Ring and every party ends with, you know, picture of Monty Python running away from the rabbit, you know, right? Yep.
0: Pretty yep. much. Now, I think Fury Dracula is currently out of print, but if you can find a copy, it's worth playing. I still own my second edition copy, which I definitely spent more than a couple dollars on because it was out of print at the time. But I, I do prefer the third edition. If you can get the fourth edition, get it. Like, the bigger deals, like the cards, they're like playing card size. I'm like, OK, so they're just harder to sleeve. Thanks. But they had to make it slightly different than the fourth edition. Sorry, the third edition.
3: Um, What's the price point on a game like this, Zach?
0: Uh, it was 50 or 60 when it originally came out with COVID and cardboard that might adjust it and if it's out of print it, that like racks up the price by like 50 to 100 percent. in fact let's just take a quick gander to the internet now the,
3: price, the pulse you paid was 50 you think it was uh it it meets that price point for you as far as enjoyment
0: yeah you get a lot of good models and a lot of good uh models to paint a lot of cool locations the third edition is $250 at Walmart.
3: Oh Jeez. god. I'm surprised Walmart even put that on their shelf, to be honest.
0: In retrospect, the first edition is 65.
3: That's much more approachable.
0: The fourth edition on eBay is 250. So yeah, if you want the third or fourth edition, you're probably spending 100-150 bucks. Yeah,
3: I don't know about it at that price point uh where you got you know 50 60 i'm there for it but if i'm spending you know 150 or 200 something it better be either twilight imperium or Gloomhaven or something of that caliber
0: so board game geek has it for 125 new that's not that bad it's more than i want to pay but 125 okay twice the price Because there's some games we talked about. Like if we go look at uh, Shadows of Camelot, that game's expensive as hell.
2: Or even look at the uh, recently came out, you know, Masters of the Universe game, game that board game that came out. Yes, it has a lot of miniatures, but I mean, it's over four hundred dollars new. And well, you know, I mean, I will say Dracula, Fury of Dracula, for me, me a price point of a hundred twenty five if I had the money to spare is not out of the range in my opinion because to me the game has such a
0: huge
2: amount of continuous playability because not don't you two yep. games are like
0: So looking at board game geek if you just want very good, so not new, very good, eighty five. That's reasonable. Yeah. That's reasonable. Yeah. Fury of Dracula, I free Shadows or Camelot can run you two hundred dollars now. By the way, as like a different like context of out of print games.
3: True, and uh, I don't see the other part of it is. I mean, while the game does have a lot of depth and like Sean said, a lot of replayability, I'm a little bit of um, a miniature whore. And you know what do we have? Five miniatures in this? A yeah.
0: uh, Dracula and one one of each Hunter
3: and um i know the the train tickets were on like good card stock and you know all the um all the pieces and all the cards are all of high quality so you know you're not getting cheated out in that but a sheer amount of plastic you know like shadows has a lot um so i don't know just just a thought for
0: thoughts It's also very different in terms of a hidden movement game as all the other ones I've ever seen as board games just give you pen and paper to, like, record what space you're on. And I've always been of the opinion that pen and paper is not really a a board game, like, piece. That's, like, the laziest piece you can put in a game. Versus, like, Fury (laughs) or Dracula be like, no, it's a deck of cards. Here's every location. You can't cheat. All the cards can only be used once. I think that's a very clever way to address that problem.
2: Yep, I would agree with you there.
0: Because the problem with like pen and paper is like he can cheat. Well, he's not supposed to cheat. Like, well, the temptation is much more easy right there. Yep. I said I was at 117, but it's really 114 now. Let me get that pencil and
2: scratch that. And that's true, too. With a pen and paper game, also, so if there is a question of was is this correct you know play-wise is you know it's how do you know if somebody has scratched something out and corrected it you know like oh i don't mean to go there i mean to go here you know during their actual turn when they're allowed to do that versus you know it's like well we can go back and look through the car
0: and see well also like like, say you had a pen and paper, Dracula, were you in this space two turns ago? Uh, no, you have to reveal it. It's like, okay, let me show you my whole pad of everyone everywhere I've ever moved. Like, okay. Yeah. Oh,
3: here's one dynamic of the game I don't think we've touched on yet, which is pretty fun, unique, is, okay, it's a cooperative game, correct? but Dracula's sitting across the table staring at you, listening to all the things you're trying to cooperate. So as a team, you have to kind of like, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, this is what we need to do without tipping off Dracula so he doesn't get a heads up.
0: And Pat is right about that. You can't show another player a card, you have to show Dracula too. And the only time you're allowed to leave the table and talk in a group is if two of you are trading. And I I thought that was a brilliant rule. Because yeah. it's like Dracula's presence across Europe. Just the theme of it. Yeah, the, yeah.
2: the, the network of spies and scouts and such like that.
3: Because he definitely has an oppressing presence at the table. And, uh, you know, he's definitely scary, big, bad, evil guy. He, he nets it
0: all there. Also want to call up the art on the cards being... Good to great. Like, it's not amazing, but it's good.
2: Well, it's thematic also. It is correct for the time period and the feel of the game. Also, I have to say that, too, on a note of, like, the fact that you can only move during your day turn and such like that, carries that whole feeling of you are not in a modern time period you were in a different time period a yep. different set of standards and culture and such like that.
0: Well, yeah, especially back then it's like unless you were in your home tiny town, you were not randomly going anywhere at night. No.
2: Unless there was something special going on, like you've hired a coach. and or it's the to- summer
0: fair everyone walks to it, but like that's a big boisterous event.
2: Right. But I'm just saying that you know there are special events that can allow you to move at night and such like that, and but they are just that special events you know that's not a common occurrence in the game to be able to move at night and such and as you said, the oppressive feeling and stuff. But when you read the original Dracula book, there's that oppressive feeling of the vampire, and also, I like the fact that the vampire is is tough as nails you know in the sense of this is not a walkover it's like you have special powers that make you equal to the monster that you're facing no you get you know roped off by dracula separate from the rest of the pack and your ass is
0: toast i mean like just look last game we had we had our buddy chris play goldomaine and he only came in with one weapon, so he tried to dodge and run away all the time. Or sorry, escape, not run away. It was the same answer, but yeah,
2: right. I mean, you can't go up against Dracula, uh, and you know, with just a pistol and maybe some holy bullets or something like that. You have to have, you know, do I have a crucifix? Do I have garlic? Do I have dogs? Do I have, you know? In fact, sometimes, really, honestly i felt when playing this game that the guns are okay. They're good against a lot of the minions, but against Dracula itself, you have to come in with something more than a gun.
0: I also like the list, like how you list it. Like you need a gun, you need garlic, you need dogs, you need these other things. Like, it's like Sean, most people can only hold three things.
2: Yep. That's just yep. it. You have to figure it out. What three things are going to be the things that I can do, And also we'll work together to make me be able to face off against Dracula.
0: And be lucky enough to find. That was gonna be my other follow up, like lucky enough to find and also you had the time to like get them. Like you weren't burned in that time.
2: Well, like last game. Seward had you know, I had made sure Seward had the equipment to be able to probably be face off on Dracula where and try to stay close enough to the other characters, but you got the jump on Chris and then you were doing things like throwing bats and fog and such like that, hindering our movement and such, so he could never get close to you. Even though we knew where you were, but the guy who had the best equipment to probably fight Dracula could never get to him.
0: And that's also part of the risk is like, it, it it doesn't sound very like, oh, you know, like, 21 turns. Like, no, that's all you've got. After turn 21, you're slowly just losing the game. Yeah. it You're bleeding after that. Anyone else have some other fi- final thoughts?
2: No. It's a very good game. If you get
1: the opportunity to play it, definitely take it. Just because it is out of print, I mean, you're going to have a hard time finding a copy of it to play anywhere. So if somebody's nice enough to bring it to the table, just give it a shot.
2: Also, it is one of those games that you know you go out to somebody's garage sale and they're like, "Oh, yeah, my son went off to college and said to sell off all this stuff, you know, and they've got it there for twenty bucks. I don't care what edition it is. Just buy it. <laughs> you know because you never know what you're going to run into at, Goodwill.
0: You're making some college kids cry when they come home. <laughs>
2: Yep,
0: and Pat.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, anything. I, I agree with everything that was said. Uh, the, in my brain, I was sitting there thinking, "What if they don't come home, Zach? What if they don't come home?" Wow, <laughs> Dracula got him. Yeah, we went dark. And, but it is period of Dracula, right? And maybe all this talk of oppression and just. Just all the tough times just got to me.
2: Mazes Anyways, and monsters, um, man. Mazes and monsters.
3: I
0: know. Um, Dracula's a nice guy. Just l- let him go.
3: Yeah, yeah. Or also, um, whenever somebody was talking about, uh, what was the Lord Goldamain got into a fight earlier with them and was just trying to run and dodge all the time, and I'm just sitting there thinking, Dracula's like. No, no, no. I'm not done with you yet. Come back here.
0: (laughs) Get your rich ass back here.
3: (laughs) And him just being dragged by his foot back into a room.
2: (laughs) And that is very accurate as to what happened. Okay, you won the... you escaped the fight. Well, guess what? It's now the night turn. (laughs) He gets to come back.
0: No, that literally happens like, okay, I got through this first comment. You know, combat happens again in about a turn. Fuck.
2: And, and we also, of course, during that game, had to remind Lindsay every, t- every turn at first. Remember, you can always trust that. Yeah. Oh my God, y'all threw that back at her.
1: Oh, every chance every we got.
2: turn. <laughs> I mean, he's just a
3: Dracula. How bad could it be? And Lindsay was Mina Harker? Yes. I feel like that tracks for the lore.
0: Oh, uh, no. She was giving me, like, evil eyes. The entire time. I was like, oh, are there are going to be bats there? Yeah, I knew there are going to be bats. Thanks. <laughs> well, I want to thank all our listeners for joining us and joining us next week for another fun-filled episode.